Our scripture this morning is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. Listen now for a word from God. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phygra and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But the others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as though you suppose, for it is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall she, sat, shall stream dreams. <laughs> Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show portions in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, then everyone who calls on the name shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, speak through me this morning. Lord, fill your spirit in this place, in each person who is here. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, welcome to worship. Welcome to the Kirk. Welcome home. We say this at the beginning of every worship service because we truly believe that this is home for a lot of you. You worship here, you've been baptized here, married in the sanctuary, you have a loved one in the columbarium. Maybe it's been a place of comfort when you needed it most. 
Maybe this place feels like home because your house doesn't quite feel like home. Take a second and think about that. What is home to you? Home to me looks a lot like four-year-old me waking up from the very first nightmare that I remember. In my dream, I was being chased by a zombie in my basement, trying madly to get away on a tricycle. I woke up terrified, but I mustered up enough courage to run down the dark hallway into my parents' bedroom, and I climbed in the bed in between my parents, could hear my dad's even breathing on one side and my mom's hand on my back on the other, and there I was home. Home to me is where I feel comforted, where I feel safe, where I feel surrounded by people who I love and trust. And maybe when you think of home, it feels very similar, but there's a good chance it looks and it feels different than what I just described. Maybe what you find comforting is actually the opposite of a parent's touch. Maybe it's a certain meal or a place of solitude. Maybe it's time in nature. But could it be true that for Christ church to be home for all, it actually embraces all those differences, all those different ways that people feel like they are at home? The miraculous work of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit on this day, it points to just that. I believe that it rights the wrong of what went wrong in the Tower of Babel, if you remember this story. In this story of scripture, all people spoke one language and they were able to build a tower that they could reach the heavens. They could, by their own power they believed, make it to God, be their own gods. God came down and confused their language and scattered them across the earth. God did so, and I quote, come let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. It seems like an odd thing for God to do, but Acts sheds a new light on this story. These Galilean apostles are speaking the native tongue of at least a dozen different languages people who may not have heard their native language for years. Imagine how at home they felt in those moments, finally hearing something familiar. You see, the day of Pentecost shows us that difference is a gift, not a problem to be solved. What I mean by that is that as we follow the call to be an outward-facing church, and invite more people to experience the love of Jesus, our call isn't to do so in a manner that encourages them, whoever they are, to become more like us, as though we're a secret club. It's the opposite. It's inviting people just as they are, to know that they are beloved. And in doing this, it may look like our systems in this church change. Maybe it looks like our way of thinking about what faith is, is challenged. 
Because a person feeling like home in God doesn't include asking them to put a mask on in order to fit in. God speaks to each one of us in a way that feels individual and personal. And in doing so, we have the opportunity to feel at home with God. And so we have the opportunity to help others feel that and know that as well. Often it's fear that keeps us from doing this sort of work. We fear change in our lives, the things that we love so dearly. We're creatures of habit. We like to know what is going to happen and how. We spend a lot of brain power trying to figure out the best course of action based on where we think it might lead. And so that is why we are not in charge. We try to be, but we aren't. And realizing that can actually be very freeing. That is what the day of Pentecost is all about. The start of the church doesn't actually start until this moment in scripture because the church is not the church without the work of the Holy Spirit. The apostles could have roamed the entire world telling people about Jesus, but it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that people heard and believed and responded. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings everyone home. And so we have to be open to the Spirit's movement because speaking in new languages doesn't come naturally for all of us. Friends, God has chosen us to be a part of this beautiful, powerful, earth-shattering work. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to experience love and joy and comfort, but even more than that, to spread that love and joy into the world. We get to be a part of that. And thank goodness it's God's work. And I'll give you an example of why I think that. I was listening to this podcast this week from Radiolab, and something really took me by surprise. Picture a tree and its roots. You're picturing roots that go deep underground. The bigger the tree is, the bigger the roots are, the more nutrients it can suck up. It's one of the most fundamental things that we understand about nature. Well, there is a scientist named Malini Nicardi who found an interest in tree canopies. And when she found an interest in this, not much research had been done about tree canopies because all the richness is in the ground of the earth. But to make a really long, complex story short, this is what she found. She's up in a tree canopy and she found moss growing. Where there's moss, there's usually a lot of other things happening as well. So she was taking samples, and under the moss, on this tree limb, in the top of the canopy, she found a foot of dirt. Obviously a very big limb she was sitting on. But in this dirt, she thought, well, there must be something more. So she started digging in this dirt and found what looked and seemed like a tree root up in the top of the forest. So she traced this tree root all the way back to its origin and it came from the top of that tree, a root that came from the top of the tree that found a new way to get nutrients into itself. This is not something that we experience, that we know. 
We as humans know so much about the physical world that we live in. We study ecosystems, we can predict the patterns of animal movement, and yet, something that we believe to be so foundational about plants, like roots only going into the ground from the bottom of the tree, it's something that points to the complexity of the physical world that God so artfully created. So when God can continually surprise us with the physical world that we think we know so well, how much more can God surprise us with the spiritual world when we give God the freedom to run the show? When we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, knowing that it will change the way that we experience faith, it will make our lives look different. It will make this church look different. But we get to be a part of that work through the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine a world where every heart experiences God's transforming love, where every heart feels at home in this ostracized place. What can we let go of to make room for the Holy Spirit to guide us in our lives? Because God is not done creating the world. God is alive and flowing and is so much more powerful and wise than we are. So let's celebrate the day of Pentecost today by accepting those flaming tongues of fire and then stepping out of the way and letting God do the work. Amen.